Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the fifth down. I'm your host, Jose. With me tonight are Brad and Junie. What's up, guys? What's going on? Are you ready for some football? Mock draft football. We absolutely are. How are you tonight, Junie? Feeling good. Feeling good. Uh, draft is uh, pretty much two days away. You know, I'm excited to uh, to see Roger Roger Goodell. You know, out of his basement in front of a crowd so yes. it's gonna be exciting in cleveland no more m&m jar and no more lazy boy in the basement so um i, it will I heard be he's gonna bring the lazy boy I, I heard he's gonna bring the lazy boy to the hey that'd be in. pretty cool instead of being at a podium just um having the the mic on the table and just chilling on the lazy boy that wouldn't be bad <laughs> i'd like that but yeah, but last time uh, we did the first half of the mock draft up to 16. So let's do a little recap of that. We we had um, the obvious with uh, Jacksonville taking Trevor Lawrence at one. Um, the Jets taking Zach Wilson at two. The 49ers taking Trey Lance at three. The Atlanta Falcons taking Kyle Pitts at four. The Cincinnati Bengals taking Panay Sewell at five. The Miami Dolphins taking Devonta Smith at six. The Detroit Lions taking Jamar Chase at seven. The Carolina Panthers taking um, Dad Bod Mac Jones at eight. The Denver Broncos taking Justin Fields at nine. The Dallas Cowboys taking Patrick Sertan at 10. The New York Giants taking Mika Parsons at 11. The Philadelphia Eagles taking Jalen Waddell at 12. The Chargers taking J.C. Horn at 13. The Minnesota Vikings taking Christian Derrissaw at 14. The New England Patriots taking Rashawn Slater at 15. And the Arizona Cardinals taking Zayvon Collins at 16. So how do you guys feel um, about those picks so far? do you, do you think that that could be close to what it's actually going to look like? Um, yeah, I mean, I know right now there seems to be a lot of uncertainty with the 49ers draft pick, the uh, scouting department leading Trey Lance, Shanahan leading Mac Jones uh, by all reports. I mean, you have to take it with a grain of salt. We don't know what's actually going on in that organization. Um, but if it does come down to those two, I think Kyle Shanahan would actually – get the final say and and if he likes you know mac jones he could be taking him at number three and who knows what it can do with this mock draft it could totally blow it out of order with teams trying to move up but you know i i, I do like the way it stands right now yeah it, it, i think it's pretty accurate uh when it comes to uh the consensus um but there's a couple players that stand out to me right now that are that seem to be dropping uh it's uh, Mika Parsons out of um, Penn State and uh, Justin Fields out of um, Ohio State. I mean, those two are seem to be dropping on people's uh, mock drafts. And um, who knows uh, if that happens on Thursday, it's going to be crazy. And I'm sure yeah, I mean, your PTSD from one of those is kicking in, Junie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Dewey Haskins. Yes. Yeah, the, the lead up to the mock draft and days coming up to it is always interesting. Uh, just because we always see this, you know, this slide and rise in uh, players coming into this draft. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, I am surprised with Justin Fields. I don't think 
he actually warrants that far of a drop, especially with, you know, how needy some of these teams are at quarterback and, and some, and the crazy stat I just read, you know, take it for what it is. It's just college stats. But since 2011, there's only been four uh, FBS QBs with 40 passing touchdowns and 10 rushing touchdowns in a single season. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Marcus Mariota, Justin Fields. I mean, take Marcus Mariota for what it is, um, but, you know, it's in pretty good company. And, and I think once you actually review the tape, um, I, I think someone's going to be willing to jump up and take Justin Fields if he does slide. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely got the talent. That's not in question. It's um, it's all about character with him, mm-hmm. uh, it seems like. And, like, uh, I know we joke with Juni about the PTSD, but, I mean, Dwayne Haskins came into the league with a lot of talent, too. And, you know, he had some character issues, which made the Giants pick um jones over him in the first round so i mean that that probably has um a lot of teams uh scratching their heads as to whether justin fields is really worth um moving up in the draft or selecting them if he comes across them so that that'll be some of the questions that'll have to be answered on on thursday night with night one of the draft but let's go ahead and, and continue with part two of the first round so it starts with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, who have the number 17 pick. So with the 17th pick in the first round, the Las Vegas Raiders select Greg Newsom, the second cornerback, Northwestern. Um, I think the Raiders took some positive steps last year in terms of defense at times, but I feel like they still got smoked in the, in the, in the passing game at times. Their secondary was um, spotty. Um, with Horn and Sertan off the, off the map already, he is probably the next best option. He's got the size. He's 6'1". He's got the speed. Uh, he ran a 4.3840, and he has the ability, you know, to be their, uh, a shutdown number one type corner. Um, I think it would be a good selection for the Raiders, but this is a John Gruden team, so which means he's probably going to draft another defensive tackle or he's going to draft another running back or you know just stack another position that he doesn't really need help in yeah um you know it, this is one of those spots where if i see a justin fields slip to the raiders i think they'd snatch him up in a heartbeat but i think he's going to go earlier i mean the raiders could also be one of those teams that look to move up and yeah it, it's one of those where corner help in that division is definitely warranted. Yeah, I, I like that pick. I mean, uh, you know, we talk about those weapons on uh, Kansas City um, and, and the Raiders have to uh, have the offense to uh, to at least compete with Kansas City. You know, now they need to add more defensive parts to, you know, to uh, shut Patrick Mahomes down, which is not possible, but just to contain him. And I think that's a great pick for uh, the Raiders. Brad, so that brings us to you now with the number 18th pick. Yeah, with the number 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins select edge rusher from Georgia, Aziz Ujulari. Um, He's one of those guys to where 
I've I've seen him or I've heard of him being compared to a Von Miller in the correct scheme. Um, you know, that's a tall ask for anyone. But when you're Miami and you have, you know, draft picks aplenty, you can definitely afford to make that that pick, especially, you know, with what happened with uh, with the team last year. Um, you, you know, it's just one of those things, uh, especially with the Dolphins moving on from Van Noy. You, you're going to need some help there in, in the linebacking core. And I think finding someone that can do a bit of both will really benefit the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I, I, I like that pick. Um, he's a very talented linebacker. I mean, Georgia, they have a pretty good track record with defensive players. So definitely can't go wrong with that. Um, in the AFC, you definitely need to have some good speedy pass rushers because you, when you have teams like Kansas City, um, like New England, uh, even, you know, the Raiders, they're very offensively talented. You got Lamar Jackson. Um there's a lot of talent offensively in the AFC, so it's definitely a, a very good pickup for Miami here. Yeah, I agree. I think he's the best uh, pass rusher in the draft, and uh, Miami needs help with that uh, with that D line, and I think he'll uh, fit in perfectly. Yeah, and it's so crazy when the you know one of the premier pass rushers is going in at 18, especially with how hot of a commodity they were for the past three years. To see him drop to 18, it's like Miami can really hit the jackpot here if he is everything that they believe him to be. Absolutely. I mean, they would get a top receiver and a top edge rusher in the draft. So that would be a definitely a good first round for them. And that brings us to number 19, Jenny. I think this pick has some sentimental value for you. It does. It does. Um, Washington football team. Um, we have a lot of holes, uh, offensive line, linebacker, safety, cornerback um wide receiver um but with the 19th pick the washington football team selects elijah vera tucker usc left tackle brad's boy six four um i think he's the the best tackle in the, or in, in the draft uh, versatile uh his technique is great uh he's he's quick he's agile he has quick feet. Um, I think with uh, Washington, um, Ron Rivera is solidifying uh, not only the defensive line, but the offensive line. Um, and um, I think he will fit perfectly on that left side, protecting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, our right side's already solid. Um, now our left side uh, would be perfect if we slide him in. Obviously for me, if, uh, if, if Micah Parsons fall, falls to 19, I would, I would, I would definitely pick him in a heartbeat, but um, Elijah Vera Tucker is not a bad choice at 19, especially with uh, um, left tackles being uh, hard to find. Yeah. And I, and I think he might start off on the interior uh, in the NFL. And he's just one of those guys. He gives you a lot of versatility, he played every single line position at SC, you know, you can take him left inside at the tackle center if need be so I, I think it gives a lot of versatility and while you know while we are or while we were really focused on quarterbacks at the start of this draft much like last year this talent this draft class has a lot of talented linemen and I I know we alluded to it in last the last episode but I, I think you're going to see a run on offensive tackles around this 
time. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, if, if there was just a run at this point of three or four tackles taken off of the board. Yeah, no, definitely a good selection. I mean, I saw in some like drafts, um, Vera Tucker taken as early as a 13 to the Chargers. So, I mean, he definitely has, um, he's definitely a very talented um, lineman. And we all know that it's never a sexy pick, but I mean, it's always good to keep your, your quarterback safe, protected, um, and, you know, give them time more than anything. Uh, to to make the throws necessary so I definitely think it's a good selection for the uh, Washington football team and um, someone that they could have there for the next 10 years yeah and and totally a Ron Rivera pick I mean you take a look at his how he likes to pick he is a no-nonsense kind of guy build from the trenches out yeah the um, the game is one of the trenches uh, offense and defense and if you have solid offensive line you have a solid defensive line you're going to win a lot of football games and i think that's uh ron revere's plan is to build up front and then go from there and that brings us to number 20 i get to pick for the bears the bears oh the bears Bears, you know they 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 they, um they're really selling their fan base this year on uh their um top talent at on offense you know they they have that quarterback uh that 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 ginger boy from uh from cincinnati his name is uh andy dalton um apparently he's supposed to be He's supposed to be really good. Um, they have him right in the front of their season ticket passes. So, you know, <laughs> fans are excited. They really want to keep Andy Dalton protected, you know, because he is the future of that franchise, which is why the Bears with the 20th pick in the first round select, Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle, Oklahoma State. Um, they They have a glaring need at everything when it comes to offense, but – you know, since they don't know how to select the quarterback, they might as well at least be able to protect the mediocre one that they will have. So Tevin Jenkins, you know, he he had a good career at Oklahoma State, big guy, uh, mobile, and, you know, hopefully it can at least help the Bears run better. Yeah, and, and if we know anything about the Bears, they are inept offensively. They need help. The only time they were really successful was when that running game was going. Um, you know, you just have to protect what you can back there. Andy Dalton cannot be taking hits. Yeah, I mean, I I like the pick, um, but I don't like the quarterback that they have. So uh, I don't know. I don't know exactly if it's going to, you know, it's going to be a home run to the fans. Um, but in terms of solidifying that offensive line, I think it's a, it's a good thing. And uh, um, but I don't I don't think Chicago Bears fans will be happy with that pick, though. Oh, the Bears fans, they're, they're, they're already planning their, their um, Super Bowl uh, festivities with uh, Andy Dalton. They're all buying their Andy Dalton jerseys. They, he has really won a, a place in their heart. Um, isn't it ironic, though, that the Chicago Bears have an offensive guru as their coach and they can't score points? Yeah, I mean, we all remember the uh, how great of an offensive year they had. Um was it two years ago, three years ago, um, when the Rams went to the Super Bowl? Um, yeah, they really fell off the cliff after that. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll see. So that 
that moves us on to uh, number 21, Brad. Yeah, um, with the number 21 pick, the Indianapolis Colts select offensive tackle from Stanford, Walker Little. Um, now, this dude is anything but little. That's 6'7", 320 pounds. Um, really, really well coached from a pro-style offense in Stanford. Um, and, and if we know one thing about Carson Wentz is when he gets pressured, he makes dumb decisions. And you can't have that if you are the Colts. Protect him, keep him upright, let him make the throws. Uh, I, I think that coaching staff knows what they have to do to get the to get uh, into the W column and they have to draft an offensive tackle. Listen, they have two road graders out there. Just make sure to keep Carson Wentz upright. You do it and it was well worth it. Um, yeah, Walker Little. I like that pick. You definitely have to yeah, keep Carson right up. I mean, uh, he's he's one of those quarterbacks that uh, under pressure um, – He's good under pressure, but uh, at times last year, he, he made so many mistakes. And if he has a clean pocket, he'll be uh, very effective. So um, I, I definitely like that pick. Big, uh, big tackle, 6'7", 313, 33-inch uh, um, arms in terms of – and then big hands too. So, I mean, he's uh, – I think he's a great pick. Do you guys think he has a, the, the chance to become the, the next Trent Williams? Oh man, th th those are big shoes to fill to become the silverback. Oh, uh, you don't get those type of dudes often. I, I think it it'll definitely be given to him. And with how Indianapolis likes to run, I, I think he'll absolutely be given a chance to maul people. Um, but you know, it's just one of those things where I think he's going to have a good offensive line and he can absolutely succeed. Don't the Colts already have like the top center in the NFL? I mean, they got Quentin Nelson. Um, yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, but he's a he's a guard. He's, he's a, a guard, guard or a tackle. He's a guard. The, okay. the dude is yeah. a road grader, man. But he's, he's the best. Guard. I remember. I remember him, and then you guys have the other one, right, Brad? The other uh, tackle that came out that same year, McGlitchy. Mike McGlitchy. Yeah, we actually just picked him up for uh, for I believe it's his fourth or fifth year option. So, yeah, he's definitely. You know, he, Quentin Nelson is a road grader, mean attitude. Don't get in his way. And if that's the type of player they're drafting with uh, with Little, oh, I do not want to play run defense against him. Yeah, Norda Lane knows how to uh, produce good tackles. That's about all they know how to do. But that brings us to number 22, Juni. Uh, 22nd pick is the Tennessee Titans uh, needs cornerback, wide receiver, offensive tackle, uh, edge rush. Um, with the 22nd pick, the Tennessee Titans select Quiddy Pay, defensive end, Michigan. Um, they had a big problem last year with getting to the quarterback. Uh, they brought in uh, Jadavion Clowney. Um, he didn't get the job done. Um, and their problem last year was uh, the pass rush. I mean, they were very good offensively. Uh, Derrick Henry, um, they had the pass or, or, or the running game, but in, in terms of the defensive side, they gave up too many points. Um, and I feel like if they get this guy who's very fast, uh, gets off the ball very quick, 
um, very athletic, um, has the ability to, um, to stop the run as well. Um, I, I think he'll be a, an asset to that, uh, to that defensive front. And uh, um, they, need a, they need a guy like this. So 22nd pick, quitty pay. I think he's definitely a great value pick at the at this spot. You know, Tennessee is a um, playoff team, so we know that while they have holes, they are a um, talented squad. So at this point, you you go with, I think, the the player that will have the most impact, and I definitely think that he he will do that for them. Yeah, and, and with these mock drafts, it's understanding the coaching personnel and their – and their philosophy, and it is very much a Vrabel type pick. I think the sexy pick here would be to go wide receiver, um, because you know that that's just where they're hurting offensively. But it's clearly has to be, um, you know, edge rush, like Juni alluded to. Get to the quarterback, get the pressure. Um, they get they get torched by dudes like Lamar Jackson by Patrick Mahomes. If you're looking to take the next step, which for this organization is the Super Bowl. It's not the playoffs anymore. It is a Super Bowl. You have to get that D lineman play. You have to get that edge rush. And yeah, I, I think that's a step in the right direction. That brings us to the 23rd pick. Oh, I get the Jets again. Sweet. Lucky me. With the 23rd pick in the NFL draft, the New York football Jets select Nijay Harris, running back, Ooh. Alabama. They, um, they I mean, you don't have two first round picks without having a lot of holes, but I think they, you know, if you're adding the quarterback, you got to give them a running back. You got to give them a running back that can be your franchise guy. They have a bunch of like um, number twos, you know, number threes, uh, role players that can cut like rotational guys, but they don't have like that clear cut. Number one, Nigel Harris is that if Alabama knows, well, Alabama knows how to produce a lot of good players, but they produce good running backs. I mean, most of the running backs that have come out of Alabama have not disappointed in the NFL. So I definitely think it would be a good value pick for the Jets. Um, and I think they can fill a lot of those other holes in the later rounds. I like the pick. Um, best running back in, in, in college football. Uh, 14,066 yards, 26 touchdowns, big back, 6'2", 230. Um, very hardworking, uh, team player, uh, first one in the building, last one to leave. And I think, I think the jets need those type of players to set the tone in that culture and him, um, adding, you know, a guy like Zach Wilson as well. I, I think they'll be very good if they add those type of players to the team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, first running back taken off the board and surprised that it actually went this early, um, I know Pittsburgh sitting at number 24 is very upset right now because I think that's who they have their eye on. And the fact that, you know, the Jets took them from them, I think it sends the Steelers scrambling, but overall a great pick, you know, very productive in college. I'm a little concerned about the, about the mileage on the tires, but hey, you know, it's the NFL. They're probably not going to use them for long before they get rid of them, unfortunately. But yeah, I think it's a great pickup for the Jets. Really establish that identity of that team. Exactly, and yeah, I know the Steelers are not happy, but hey, you know maybe the Jets will finally get one right. So um, that brings us to number twenty-four, Brad. 
Oh man, yeah. So after that, I am sort of left scrambling because I'm not gonna lie, I did have Najee Najee Harris sl slotted at 24, and hey, you know, you review your draft board and take the best available. But at the number 24 draft pick, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers select cornerback Florida State Asante Samuel. Um, at this point, you know. They're just going to take the best player on the board, and, and corner is a positional need for them. I think that that they are going to get torched, um, and, and they're going to need help in that secondary. Um, you know, there's other sexier picks, and, and I don't think this one's really going to score well with the fans because um, corner, it doesn't really hit with them. You know, they want a pass rush or an offensive line. That's the type of players that the, that the Steelers like to draft, and that's the type of players that the fans want to see but uh at this point i'm going corner asante samuel i like it um not sexy but very talented by any chance is he related to the asante samuel from the patriots you know that is a great question in fact um he is we already have we already have the son of patrick sertan yeah um uh, and yes is this the son of asante samuel yes it he's is. asante samuel jr Okay, this is an exclusive here on the fifth down. We are officially old, guys. Because <laughs> we, we pretty much witnessed the whole careers of Patrick Sertan and Asante Samuel, and we have their their kids getting drafted in the first round of the uh, um, of Thursday night's draft. Bro, bro, how, do you, how, how do you think Tom Brady feels? Tom Brady is played versus their fathers. Now he's going to be playing versus their sons. Like... Man, isn't that, cra isn't that crazy? That is like, crazy. It's crazy that we're announcing Asante Samuel and Patrick Sutan in the first round of a draft. I mean, give it another year or two, and if Tom Brady is down the league, he might be playing with Dion's kids. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're coming and, up and Emmett's kids. Yeah, so it, it wouldn't surprise me, but yeah. Um, you know, he's got the bloodlines. We'll see what, what happens for him. I think Pittsburgh would be a great fit for him. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, it brings us to number 25, Juni. Um, with the 25th pick, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, first pick, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback solved. Uh, they still have offensive line issues. They have wide receiver issues. They have safety issues. Um you could either go wide receiver or safety here, but if I'm if I'm the Jaguars, uh, the wide receiver, the wide receivers in this in this draft are very deep. So, uh, with the 25th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevon Mo. How do you say Morhig out yep. of a TCU safety, um, best safety in the draft, 208, uh, ball hawk. He has the instincts, um, very good tackler, uh, good on, uh, good on the run, um, very good around the box. Um, and with urban Meyer coming in, they need an identity, especially on the defensive side. And I feel like he would give them that smash mouth, um, type of guy that they need, you know, in the back end. So, um, with this pick Jacksonville, Morhig out of TCU. Good pick. Um, solid. Safety help is hard to find. 
Um, and when, when you can target a good one, and I think he is the best one in this draft, you have to pick him. I mean, especially at, at this point in the draft, you have to go with best player available. And, and if he is the best safety available, it's a, it's a good spot for, for Jacksonville. Yeah, I actually had him slotted at this exact same position. Me and Junie, you know, on the same wavelength when it comes out, Jacksonville is going to be picking. That's who I see them picking up as well. Um, makes sense as an organization, safety-wise, to, to, to go with them. Uh, the Horn Frog. And that brings us now to number 26. With the 26th pick in the first round, the Cleveland Browns, baby. Baker Mayfield's Cleveland Browns. Select Elijah Moore, wide receiver, all Miss. Um, I, I think that uh, OBJ is on his way out, whether through getting cut after June 1st or getting traded. I think he's – I think – I don't think he fits with um, the Browns. It took me two years to accept it because I, I love OBJ and, and I like the Browns, but they just are not a good marriage. Um, and so I think they will need to fill that need. And Elijah Moore, you know, is a guy that was kind of slotted to go possibly a little earlier in the first round. So if he slips to this um, spot, I think it would be hard for them to to pass up on him. I know that they also kind of needed an edge rusher, but they did cover that by um, signing Jadavion Clowney. So they don't have as much of a need for that edge rusher. So I think wide receiver is a good spot here for, for Cleveland. Yeah. I mean, the writing's on the wall there. We all know what's going to happen. Um, unfortunately for OBJ, um, you know, it is what it is. It's the not for long league. And when you take a look at the offense that that they like to run in, in Cleveland, you know, it, it's only a matter of time before they just start getting rid of wide receivers and just start focusing in on, a, on new talent coming up through, through the draft. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with the pick. Uh, the guy's – he's a 4-3 guy, um, a playmaker. Um, if I were them, I would pick Tony, Kadarius Tony. I'm more of a Kadarius Tony fan. I think he reminds me of uh, Percy Harvin. Um, but uh, I mean, Elijah Moore is a, a great pick as well. So that brings us to number 27, Brad. Oh, with the number 27th pick, the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, they select another wide receiver, wide receiver from the University of Michigan, uh, Minnesota. I'm sorry, uh, Sean Bateman. Um, here's a dude that had a lot of hype going into draft that's all of a sudden fallen off. I, I think there's two positional leads for, for Baltimore, wide receiver being one of them. And obviously after getting rid of uh, Brown, uh, offensive line I think that th that they can hold off on getting an offensive line uh, later on in the draft only a couple more picks but yeah I think it's hard to pass up Bateman at this spot because you know in another what four or five picks are going to have another one and they can get an offensive lineman right there 
Good selection. They definitely need wide receiver help. Um, he he had a really good career at uh, Minnesota. Um, and, you know, it's funny, like after Devontae, uh, Devonta Smith, Jamar Chase, and and Waddell, um, the drop-off to that second tier of first-round wide receivers is huge. I don't think it's as close as it was last year where actually um, um, Justin Jefferson outperformed um, the guys that went at the top of the first round. So um, I don't think we'll see that this year, but I think you definitely have some very productive receivers available at the end of that first round. I, I disagree. I, I think the, the drop-off isn't that, I mean, it, it, there's a drop-off, but it's not, it's not drastic. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of playmakers. I, I think this is probably the deepest wide receiver draft that we've had in a while. Um, but I, I do like that pick for Baltimore. Um, they need a, uh, a number one and, um, Bateman could be possibly that number one that, uh, Lamar Jackson is looking for. We have to wait and see if it uh, if it transpires that way. Um, Junie, 28. 28, New Orleans Saints uh, needs quarterback, wide receiver, edge, linebacker, uh, new quarterback, Taysom Hill, uh, or is it Jameis Winston? Who knows? Um, but with the 28th pick on my draft, uh, the New Orleans Saints select – one of my favorite wide receivers in the draft, Kadarius Tony, Florida. Uh, I, I think he is uh, one of the most underrated receivers in the draft. Um, I, he's very explosive. Um, he's a playmaker, uh, very good hands, um, 70 receptions, 984 yards, 10, 10 touchdowns uh, last season. Um, I think he is going to be that Justin Jefferson of the draft of, of this year where you know, he gets selected later in the draft and uh, he's going to make a big in- impact uh, with uh, New Orleans because um, they lost Emmanuel Sanders um, and um, they need that number two receiver. And I think uh, a Kadarius Tony would be perfect in that offense um, to whoever's throwing the ball to him. That's a good pickup, especially with all the issues that New Orleans has. Um, there's questions whether they'll even be able to afford to keep Michael Thomas. So you need to secure your long-term future at that position. And, and Tony does that for them. Very talented um, receiver, had a good career at Florida. Um, and yeah, a lot of times, especially with um, a deep position like wide receiver, it becomes a crapshoot of styles of what, the, what, what receivers fit the mold of, of certain systems. And I think he would fit New Orleans very well. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest, we don't really know what is going on with uh, with that wide receiving core out there, especially with that mysterious quad or hamstring injury that plagued Michael Thomas for most of the year. Um, this could be a contract dispute. It could be something much bigger than that. And the Saints could absolutely be looking at the wide receiver of their future. And, you know, we've seen good things out of LSU wide receivers and, 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 and who knows, uh, he could absolutely slot in to be very much like Justin Jefferson walking to that number two role behind an elite pass catcher and just put up crazy good rookie numbers. Um, definitely one of those where if he does fall to uh, the Saints, 
and I'm looking at it from a fantasy football draft draft point of view. He's one of those rookie wide receivers I'm looking to snatch up right around round nine or ten. So it is one of those picks that I do like. He can be very productive. Definitely, definitely. And that brings us now to the number 29th pick with the 29th pick in the NFL draft, the Green Bay Packers select. Oh, my God, guys, an offensive player that is not a quarterback. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver out of LSU. Wow. Um, 6'3", 205 pounds, you know. Um, he gives he gives Aaron Rodgers that coveted um, wide receiver um, with that first-round talent. You know, I know Devontae Adams, he's amazing, but he can't do it alone. And the drop-off from the from Devontae to whatever is behind them is the the size of Lambeau Field. So to be able to pick up um, a top tier receiver at the end of the first round and give Aaron Rodgers more weapons, I think I think Green Bay owes it to him. And I really hope that they go receiver at 29. I love this pick. Um, he reminds me of uh, Metcalf in Seattle, big receiver, 6'4", 200 pounds. And you're right, Jose. Um, Devontae cannot do it by himself. And this guy would compliment him. And Aaron Rodgers would uh, be ecstatic if they got a, a receiver like him. So I definitely love this pick. And um, I, th I think they owe it to Aaron Rodgers. I agree. Give him some weapons out there. And that brings us to number 30, Brad. Yeah, and at the number 30th pick, the uh, 2021 Super Bowl champion, Buffalo Bills, <laughs> they are selecting edge rusher from Miami, Jalen Phillips. Um, you know, I, he, he's one of those guys that I think last year had an extremely high draft grade. Um, I, I, I don't think... I don't think he's fallen off that drastically. I think everyone's just, you know, they, they have more game footage on, on them. And, you know, his last season wasn't all that great. They definitely do need edge rush out there. Um, Buffalo, they were known for a long time for being stout defensively. Last year, they weren't all that great. And I think Jalen Phillips really does a lot to show up the edge of that defense. You know, Brad, fun fact on uh, Jalen Phillips, he transferred from your favorite school, um, the the school that is in your heart, UCLA. Yeah, uh, good move on him um, because uh, they would do nothing for him with Under Armour and Chip Kelly, let's be honest. Um, no one even knows that there's another college football team in Los Angeles um, if, if, he, if they didn't have it in their name. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good pick. I think it's a good pick. Uh, they're solidified on the offense already. Um, they, they, if, 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 if they need help anywhere, it's a defensive front. Um, especially, you know, going deep into the playoffs, they need, you know, if they're going to play a Tom Brady, if they're going to play a Pat Mahomes, they need to get to the quarterback. So I definitely like the pick. Yeah, I mean, if you're picking at 30 and it's your pick, 
you're a loaded team. Buffalo's loaded. So, I mean, you know, this um, helps them pick up someone who had probably a much higher draft grade, which Jalen Phillips does. I mean, some, some scouts have him as the top edge rusher in the draft. So, I mean, if he can fall to them at 30, I'm sure, you know, McDermott would be ecstatic to be able to add him to that, that defense. Um, but now that brings us to number 31, Juni. With the 31st pick, Baltimore, the Baltimore Ravens select. Um, give me one second, guys. Let me pull it up. Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State offensive line. Um, oh, he's a right tackle. Never mind. Is he a right tackle? <laughs> <laughs> they need a left oh, tackle. <laughs> they need a left tackle. Hold on. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Give me a second, guys. My my board got kind of jacked up. Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Creed Humphrey. I don't know any. I don't know much about him, but they need offensive line help, and um, yeah. Because they traded Orlando hey, I, Brown, so exactly. I bet I bet he eats a lot of carbs, but he eats a lot of carbs, and I bet that um, Lamar Jackson will buy him a Rolex before the season starts. So we know no, that they, much about him. They they definitely are going to address it in the draft. Uh, you know, especially trading a guy like Orlando Brown. I mean, the guy was a Pro Bowler. Um, they definitely need to get a left tackle. In, in in the first round so um I, I i'm selecting creed humphrey yeah i think you nailed it right there they do have to get offensive line help i think someone else that would be available would be uh dylan raditz and a north dakota state um you know he's one of those guys that that we don't know a whole lot of about but he's definitely got some intrigue to him and yeah i mean when you're taking a look at this point, you're going to grade them out how, how, how you see fit. And, you know, I, th- I think it is going to be offensive tackle. Um, yeah, smart pickup, and I agree with the pick. Exactly. And that brings us to the most anticipated pick of the first round of this NFL mock draft, the number 32 pick that belongs to the best team of the 2020 football season because they won the Super Bowl. And that in this instance was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is right. That was not a typo or a mistake that Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the defending undisputed Super Bowl champs. And they will repeat this year as well. And the did player it, wait, that they question. did anyone check the footballs to make sure they were properly inflated in Tampa Bay? That, that's the one thing I got to know. Yes, they have much better um, ball inflators in Tampa than they do in New England. So okay, no problems there. All the balls are very much inflated. Um, no, de- no deflating issues there. Um, but the player that the Buccaneers will select at number thirty-two to help them along is. Travis Etienne, running back, Clemson. Ooh. I've wanted this guy since the beginning. The fact that he would be falling to them at 32 would be like a match made in heaven. I know they have Fournette. I know that they have Ronald Jones. I know that they signed Giovanni Bernard. 
but none of those guys come close to the talent that Travis Etienne has. He can catch, he can run. Um, he was uh, Travis Lawrence's best friend at, at Clemson on offense, you know? So like, dude's got it, man. You know, it's just that running back's not really valued as high in this draft. So that's why he's falling to 32, but I believe that the Buccaneers will be ecstatic to get him at 32. Yeah, this one to me is tough. Um, just because of Bruce Arians, he doesn't like young running backs. And I don't know if he's going to trust a Travis Etienne. He's very much like someone that's going to pick up the, you know, the blitz protection and not be a liability out there and not drop any balls. Um, uh, I just don't know if if Bruce Arians is willing to take him this high. Um, but, hey, if it does, it speaks volume for him. I, I do believe he is an extremely talented back out there. I don't believe he's a three-down back. Uh, I think he's more of a two-down back. Um, a great weapon if you can scheme him out, um, get him in open space. But, hey, if they can fit him into the scheme, I think it'd be a great pickup for, you know, otherwise the best offense in the NFL. Yeah, Tampa Bay doesn't have that many holes, and um, they could literally pick anyone who they want uh, with the 32nd pick. And I think ATN is a, it would be a good pickup. Uh, you know, small guy, 5'10, 205, but very explosive, 14 touchdowns um, last year. Um, I do like the addition of Bernard. Um, and um, I, I think if they add a guy like this too, he, he would be uh, more of a specialty back. And um, I think it would be a good pickup. And that brings us to the end of the first round. Um, I think um, I think we covered all the bases pretty well. Um, I think maybe the most surprising pick was maybe me um, selecting Mac Jones at number eight for Carolina since they just traded for Sam Darnold. But I feel like because of how highly he's been graded as of late, I feel like it's going to be hard for them to pass up on him if he is there. Yeah, and I mean, you may have nailed it on the head, you know, days before the news leak that Carolina would consider Justin Fields or Mac Jones at this spot. Um, they haven't picked up the fifth-year option or fourth-year option for um, for Sam Darnold. The future's not set in stone there. They could very well move on from him just as easily as they acquired him. Um, so definitely one of those that you, a lot of the dominoes can fall in place after, you know, San Francisco and Carolina. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see who uh, San Francisco is going to select, it, whether it's going to be uh, Trey Lance or Mac Jones. Uh, those are the two players that they covet. And uh, Kyle Shanahan is uh, already, you know, pretty much telling us that Jimmy G won't be there for that long. So um, it's going to be very interesting. He may not make it to pick. Sunday. Let's be honest. He, well, you yeah. know, that, that press he, conference he, was very morbid. He might be dead by Sunday. So he might, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. That's right. You know, <laughs> we're not yeah, all guaranteed know. to be here Wait, from Sunday. Um, I mean, is, is Shanahan trying to tell us something about poor Jimmy? Like is his health <laughs> that frail? Uh, could very well be. I mean, but yeah. he's, he, He's gone from Super Bowl leading uh, quarterback to possibly dead by Sunday. You know, I, I think a lot of this is uh, 
is some of these coaching staffs just getting a kick out of what they could just say? I'm, I'm sure that they've already had a discussion with Jimmy G on in terms of what they're going to do with this draft um, and who they're going to pick. Um, but, but yeah, that what that really came out of nowhere when I read and, and heard that um, pr- very intriguing. Yeah. And you know, San Francisco has to make their choice. Do do they do they want the next Uncle Jesse or do they want the next Danny Tanner? <laughs> you, you I mean, know that- you know, Lance in this <laughs> instance would be Uncle Jesse. You know, the more like you know the the looker, you know, the one that all the girls would want. Or do you want Mister Stability? You know, Mister Danny Tanner. You know, who you know he's gonna be reliable and and uh, you know what you're gonna get from him. You know. Listen, guys, they're not going to go with any of those. They're going to go with Joey Gladstone, okay? Dave Coulier, that's where they're going, okay? (laughs) Um, Maybe even Kimmy Gibbler is the route that that we're going on. Remember, it was set in San Francisco, so um, who who knows? Um, But, yeah, I I really like this draft. I, I think this draft more so than other years has been the most intriguing um, just because of all the uncertainty last year. And, and I, and I think there's some really interesting questions that some of these teams have, and they're going to make the moves that, that they're, that, you know, to, to acquire some of these players, if, if they have them that highly graded. I think another thing you have to watch out for is, uh, is New England going to trade up in the top 10? Uh, there's been rumors that they're, they're uh, dangling Stephen Gilmore um, for a, for a top ten pick, so that's something to watch out for because um, you know Bill Belichick is on this revenge tour, you know Tom Brady thing right now. So um, I think he's going to do whatever he can to, to to get up in the top ten. And rumor has it that he's in love with um, one of that group of three of uh, Fields. Um, Jones and uh, Lance. We know Belichick, so he's not going to say who he's in love with, but he likes those three quarterbacks. So if he feels like, you know, maybe like a Denver, not sold on fields or something, I could see them being like, oh, well, Stephen Gilmore, he's a good corner. Um, we'd only have to fall back six spots, plus we'd pick up a Pro Bowl corner. They they might just be willing to do it. They They might be sold on Drew Locke. Yeah, um, absolutely. And and one of the other things that I am actually looking into is another team trying to buy back into the middle of the first round or late first round. Um, we've heard talks about the Atlanta Falcons shopping Julio Jones around. Um, but that to me is crazy. You have one of the top six wide receivers in the NFL. Um, yeah, he's up there in age, but he still produces – um, you know, the hamstring and the legs aren't what they used to be, but this dude is still elite. It'll be interesting to see who Atlanta picks up at number five. And the rumor is, you know, Julio Jones might be traded after the first round or after draft day. Um, I think if you're the Falcons, I think you want to get draft capital for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, it might very well happen Thursday night. That will what, be key. That will be what important. Would you, what would you guys trade for Julio Jones? What would you give up? Um, 
honestly, if I'm one of these teams in the in the middle or the late uh, the late first round, I'd give up a single first round for him. Um, Baltimore, a first or a third. Yeah, I think Baltimore is perfect. Even Tennessee. Yeah, if I was in the early second round, I'd be willing to move up for him as well. I mean, any of these teams that have a need for a wide receiver, I think I w- would be great. And, w- and yeah, and could you imagine if you know we all know um, how deadly uh, Devonte Adams is? Green Bay could very well trade their thirtieth pick for a Julio Jones. You have that pairing out there. That would be absolutely insane. And, or and Kansas City. Oh, no, like Kansas City traded theirs to uh, Baltimore. Yeah. But if not, they would have been a good target. But, Tampa but yeah. Bay trading the number 32, although I don't think Atlanta would trade with Tampa. Yeah, I think there is a there is a handful of teams that are looking at, you know, wide receiver um, that could very well take them. I could see him going to the Tennessee Titans. I could see him you know, going to the New York Jets as well. Yeah, and also seeing um, how many more draft picks Houston can get rid of. I mean, second year in a row that we will not be hearing their name called in the first round, and it's because of their stupidity. So, I mean, they have no one to blame but themselves. I mean, I guess it gives them more free time to keep figuring out if, you know, they're going to have their quarterback available or not for for the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty into this draft. There's a lot that I'm looking forward to. I've seen a lot of mock drafts with a lot of trades in the middle. Um, yeah. You, you know, teams moving up a couple of spots just to get the guy or secure the guy that they want. Like I know the Washington football team, if they're sitting there at 20 and, you know, Mika Parsons is still available at pick 14, 13, they would jump up to, to take him if they could. I, I have no question. The in, Cowboys with uh, with um, uh, Kyle Pitts, would they be willing to do a, a Ricky Williams to New Orleans type of overhaul deal? N- no. You know? I, I Jerry Jones it's, is crazy. but I, If, I don't he's, that, if he's that much in love with him, it's a Jerry type of move. He's a, he's a ballsy man. Yeah, to me, I think it, if there's another position that, that the Cowboys go, it might be to get more additional linebacking help or D-line help, especially with, you know, Sean Lee recently announcing his retirement. But I still think he's going to go. He has to go. Patrick Sertan, corner at that spot. Um, you know, you might be able to trade down and, 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 and get the other uh, corner, JC, because um, he's just as comparable. Um, but yeah, that's another interesting position. We'll have to wait and see, but, um, yeah, first night of the draft Thursday night starts at 5 PM. Um, hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you, um, you guys find our, our, um, first round mock draft to be informative. Um, we did our homework. We tried our best. We'll see how close to, um, accurate we are, but, um, that's the fifth down guys. Have a good night and, uh, enjoy the draft. Take it easy, guys. Have a good one. Later.